If you have your Bibles this morning, I want you to turn to Matthew chapter 7. Matthew chapter 7, starting in verse 24. Matthew 7 and 24. How many has ever tried to put a structure together, build something, but you had to have an idea how to build it? And when you started on it, after you started a little bit, I thought about Brother Tex and Sister Tony here, and they, they've just completed their house a few months ago, or further than that, a year or so ago. Don't time fly when you're having fun. <laughs> uh, but they had a structure, uh, and they had to had a in a structure. You got to have a starting point, and uh, on building. And I don't know a lot about the building, but I know and uh, and clearing lots and different things in our uh, line of work. Uh, you got to you got to have guidelines. You got to have property lines. You don't want to get on the other guy's property. But in building something. Uh, uh, you got to have some batter boards to start with, Brother Tex, to get it square. Uh, Sister Teresa has been after me about laying some flooring, and I'm—I've been trying to beg, borrow, and steal somebody to come put this flooring down, but I can't find nobody. So Brother David's fixing to tackle it. So if you come to my house and you look at the floor, and the house looks square, but the floor ain't, blame Sister Teresa. <laughs> but I'm fixing to tackle this and uh, structure here. But I was thinking about this on this uh, line that I want to talk about here this morning about building. And you've got to be a wise builder. You've got to be a wise builder. You've got to know how to get started. First of all, you've got to have the right tools. Okay? And a wise builder for the Lord, we've got to have the Word. We, we can get a lot of literature from other people and ideas and everything, but we've got to have the Word if we want to be grounded and rooted in something that will not fall. Amen? But let's read this here this morning. Zach's got it up on the screen for us this morning, uh, starting in verse 24. It says, Therefore, whosoever heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them, I will liken him to a wise man which built his house upon a rock. And the rains descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew and beat upon that house, and it fell not, for it was founded upon a rock. And everyone that heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them what? Not. We got to understand there's a right way and a wrong way. How many has ever told you're doing it the wrong way? I believe every one of us can say amen on that. We've, uh, we've had somebody that may have a little more experience, but it said, Doeth them not shall be like unto a foolish man which built his house upon the sand. And the rain descended, and the floods came, and the, and the winds blew, and beat upon the house, and it fell, and great was the fall of it. And it came to pass when Jesus had ended these sayings, the people was astonished at what? his doctrine, at his teaching. You know, uh, when somebody tries to give you some advice, 
first thing you want to say, who's doing this, me or you? Amen? Is that, I mean, but can I say this here? The Bible says that every man has to work out his own salvation. Okay? It's not for me. I can't work it out for you. You've got to work it out yourself. Why? Because Jesus didn't come to condemn the world, but through him the world could be what? Okay? We are, we're at a place here today, we have been saved. We've been redeemed. Jimmy said redeemed. We've, we've been redeemed. And I'm going to come to some scripture here just in a few minutes. But on this here, I want you to understand this in this passage right here. And uh, verse 28. And it came to pass when Jesus had ended these sayings, what happened right here, they didn't quite understand. But I want to give you just a little in-depth of this, this story right here. There was, there was two builders, but they both heard the instructions. They both heard the instructions. But one was going to try to cut corners. We want to cut corners. Let's hurry up. Let's <laughs> cover it up before somebody sees it. <laughs> Amen. I mean, that's just nature. But here, the, the thing that I want to get across to us this morning, both these builders heard the word, but they didn't apply the word in the right way. They did not, and this is what I, you can go over to in the Luke, and it talks about this same story, but the Bible talks about one of the builders dug deep. He dug deep. He got down to some good foundation. Amen. Brother Texan building their home, uh, if he just would have went out there and says, it don't matter, it looks, it looks level to me. And they started building that thing and, and they got to getting inside and starting to frame everything up. You know, they done got the outside frame. They start putting the, the, the walls up on the inside and Sister Tony, first thing she would say says, this ain't level. Look how crooked it is. And Tex would say, can't nobody see it when they drive by. <laughs> but when, what my, my point of it is, but when you invite somebody to see what you got, Brother Tex and him had a housewarming. We went over and we had a great time uh, over there at their place when they moved in. I mean, it was, it was just great. And, and the work that they did as a team, y'all done a great job. And uh, we were, I was amazed at some of the structure, how, you know, Brother Tex and them put all their house together and everything. So if you're starting a house, Brother Tex and Sister Tony, Sister Tony works part-time. Brother Tex is retired, so they can just come and help you anytime. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Brother Tex and Tony said, we built ours, we'll never build another one. <laughs> but my point of it is, when, when the invitation was given out, they wanted people to come and they wanted people to see what had they have accomplished. If we want people to see Jesus, we got to be wise builders. We cannot be in the church today and out of the church tomorrow. 
Brother Tex and them had a, a mobile home behind their house there, and uh, Brother Tex didn't say, well, I don't like this. I'm going to go back out there. No, they built this. Why? Because they was building this to live in. God has called us. I'm going to give you a scripture here just in a few minutes. God has called us. Why? Because he wants to live in us. And we got to be wise builders. We got to be wise stewards of God's word. We got to listen to God's word. Amen. Zach, let's go to the next one there. Verse uh, uh, Matthew 15, 8 and 9. Listen to this here. These people draw nigh to me with their mouth and honor me with their lips. But their heart is far from me, but in vain they do worship me, teaching for doctrines. Now listen to this, what it says right here. Teaching for doctrines the commandments of who? Of men. Now, we, 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 today we've got this thing backwards. We come and we try to put on a form of godliness. We look, we all look churchy this morning. Amen. We all come to church. We, we, we dressed up. We fixed up. We came. We look, we look presentable to man. But God don't look at the outside. Where is he looking at? He's looking on the inside. And this scripture says that we can come here and we can, we can worship him. We can open our mouths. We can sing. But we, we honor him with our, with our emotions that man sees. But it says right here, but our hearts is where? Far, somewhere other than where it ought to be. It's, it's kind of like my boys when, when, they were growing up, I would, I would tell them to do something. I would be talking to them, especially if the TV was on. Joseph wasn't quite as bad as Zach. But I would be talking to them, and if you didn't turn the TV off, Zach didn't hear a word you said. Come on, y'all. Things are more attractive than the word. And he said this, this is plain as it can, it can say here, but their hearts are a distance from me, okay? I want, I want to read this in the Passion here this morning. Here in the Passion it says, These people honor me only with their words, for their hearts are so very distant from me. Now listen to this next verse, verse 5. They pretend. Do y'all get what I'm saying? They pretend to worship me. They pretend. Have you, have you ever seen somebody pretend? Put on a, a, a show. I was thinking about this last night. We stopped by Zach Nims and they was, uh, Zach had uh, the rapper, the guy he was talking about. That guy was way out there in left field here a few months ago, and God got a hold of him. So I'm telling you, let me tell you, say this right here. You can't get too far that God can't get to you. Right. Somebody was praying for that, 
for that young man. But right here, pretending to worship, okay? They, they, they pretend to worship me. I mean, they put on the front. I mean, you know, they come and they, they, they do all the emotional things that they're supposed to do. That's what the church does, you know? But now listen to what it says here. But their worship is nothing more than the empty traditions of men. Empty traditions of men. You know, it lasts for an hour and then Brother Tex is over with. But God is looking, the Bible talks about God's looking for true worshipers. Somebody that'll come in and no matter how they feel, come on, I really don't feel like being here today. <laughs> we ain't talking about work, we're talking about church. <laughs> The joy of the Lord is your strength. But sometimes we, we come and we don't, so we put on that temporary worship. We, we act like we're worshiping, but we're really not. But the scripture says he's looking for true worshipers. Some of those that really will worship him in what? Spirit and what? And when you know the truth, you've been what? Free. And whom the Son sets free is free in what? Okay, that's telling me right there, I ain't got to do like man does. I got to do like God wants me to do. When we, we pray and we want God to show up and show out. Come on, God, I, I need something. I want you to just really do it. Okay, God's going to do his part, but we got to do our part. We got to worship him in spirit and in truth. We got to block out everything. I, I'm here to say this morning, a lot of times we have things that keep us from entering into the realm. There's an there's a old chorus we used to sing. I will enter his gates with thanksgiving in my heart. I will enter his courts with praise. I will say this is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice for he has made me glad. Then you get to that part. He has made me glad. He has made me glad. You know, we kind of like that record just starts dragging. If he's made us glad, Brother John, we need to show a little emotions. Well, I, I'm offbeat. Don't worry about being offbeat. Amen. I don't, I, my voice is not as good as the one beside me. Drowned them out. They won't never know the difference. They won't hear her or him. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> they won't hear them. They'll, they'll think I'm the beautiful songbird. Amen. But he has made me glad. He has made me glad. I will what? Rejoice for he has made me glad. Amen. And, and this passage I just read you right here is that's got this right here. But, but their heart is far from me. But in vain they do worship. And then this part that I want to, I want to go to the next one after this here. Te teaching for doctrines the commandments of men. We're not here to teach you how to worship. We're here to bring you into a place to worship. Does that make, I mean, I can't teach you how to worship. You got to get to the place where you're willing to worship. 
Because the Bible, he, he talks about we got to do what? We got to lay aside every weight. All right? Every situation. And then that thing, that verse goes on and it talks about the weight in every what? S-I-N. We don't like using that word, sin. But he says we got to lay aside and sin is anything that keeps you from entering his courts with thanksgiving. The, God is a God of blessing, not a God of hindrance. And if there's anything that's keeping you back from worshiping him in spirit and truth, you know what that is? That's a sin. That's, that's, a, that's, a, that's a weight. It's luggage. My wife, when we go somewhere to maybe to spend the night or go out of town or whatever, y'all can tell her she's going to see it on our podcast. But here I have, I've got an overnight bag. I got everything that I need, Brother Tex. And I says, what you got? Do you want me to put in the car or the truck or whatever? And I go upstairs and she's got the bed full. She's got down beside the bed, there's, there's two or three suitcases. There's these, you know, I call them overnight bags you put over your shoulders. She's got a couple of them. And then she'll say, well, don't forget that other one. My God, we're just going for a night. Just a, a sleepover. You know, I mean, but all these things, and I'm, and I'm saying that to say this right here. Do we need all that stuff? Sister Pam says, we got to have it. <laughs> uh, uh, a lady says, we won't leave home without it. You might as well, like you say, you need to just pick up the house and let it follow you. That's why they got travel trailers and motorhomes. Amen. That's why Teresa likes the, the motorhome. Uh, she can put all her stuff in there. She ain't got to unload it. We go somewhere, everything's right there. You know, she can walk walk around. That's what I told her here the other day. I said, I'm going to sell the motorhome. We're going to buy another travel trailer. No, we not. No, we not. She said, you can drive. I can get back there and go to the restroom. I can cook. I can watch TV. I can do whatever I want to while you're driving. You know what? She drives when we go somewhere four miles. She's limited to about four miles, 10 at the most. She said, I've drove enough. You ready to drive? <laughs> but I'm talking about luggage. I'm talking about laying aside that we can come to church. We come here this morning to do what? To worship. We come here to exalt our Lord and our Savior. Amen. All right, let's, I got another verse here. Zach. Let's go to uh, 1 Corinthians chapter uh, 6. 1 Corinthians chapter 6. I like how this verse starts off. What? What? I mean, do you realize who you are this morning? What? Know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, which you have of God, and you are not your own? For you are, I want you to get this point right here. For you are bought 
with a price. Therefore glorify God in your body and in your what? Spirit which are God's. Your body, your spirit, the spirit of the Lord is there. You, that body, your temple. This body is just a shell. But it tells us right here in this here that you was bought with a price. And I was, I was, I was praying this last week and when I was getting this message together, the Lord was laying this on my heart. I was looking at this passage here and when it come to that point there, it says, you were bought with a price. You were purchased. He didn't roll the dice. Come on. How many has ever played dice before? Do y'all know the numbers on the dice? They got one side on each dice has got one. And when they land on one and one, what is that called? Snake eyes. Jesus didn't roll snake eyes. When he rolled the dice, it did not matter what it was going to land on, he was going to purchase you. There, there you go. You got the picture right there. When he went to pay the price for whosoever, a prostitute, a homosexual, an alcoholic, ex-drug addict. I mean, we could just name every, all these things. Uh, I, I, I met a person not too long ago and uh, he was talking about he, he, was, uh, he was a gambler. And, and, he, and, he, and, he, and he told me some things, you know, about how he just, nothing mattered, he gambled. I mean, his, his bills would be coming due, but he gambled. And hey, I, I had I gambled in my life. I played cards. I played, you know, uh, shot, shot dice a lot. I penny, throwed pennies. Y'all know what I'm talking about. At school, we throw pennies, you know, just different things like that. But right here, when Jesus, before the foundation of the world, before the existence of time, Jesus done had a plan. God had a plan. From the fall of man, from the, from the beginning of time, God knew the fall of Adam, but he was going to have to buy us back. And he didn't start saving. He was the saver. Y'all got to get this in your spirit. The price that was paid for you, let me tell you one thing. It wasn't just a, I, I remember me and my cousin one time, we, we wanted to be blood brothers. So we slid our fingers. And man, I had to watch him first. I said, you do it first because if he didn't do it, I wasn't going to do it. And he got, we had a little old bitty pocket knife and he, he slid his finger just a little bit. And I was saying, did it hurt? He says, not if you don't look at it. <laughs> Eyes will fool you, won't it? Ah! <laughs> but I slit mine and, and we made ourselves blood brothers. I was his cousin, but we became brothers. And all when we was growing up, we rode bicycles. We, we went swimming together. We, we swung off ropes. And, and uh, I've told y'all before when I jumped off the barn, I thought blood brothers were supposed to do it together. He made me do it first and he never did do it. 
Because I lived through it. He said, if you live through it, he said, I probably won't. He said, I won't do it. <laughs> but I'm here to tell you, Jesus did not just slit a finger. He poured out his blood to purchase you. We were in sin. Thank God we're not now. We've been redeemed. Amen? But... But he did not just slit a finger or slit a, a wrist or slit his hand, but he poured out his blood. And we go back, and, and I wanted to get Zach, and I didn't get a hold of him this morning. I just had a lot of things was going on when I got up early this morning. I was going to get him to, to bring us a slide or two and put up of the crucifixion of Jesus. Y'all remember the story Passion, and we've watched it numerous of times, what Jesus did. And they didn't just... They just didn't bump him with a whip. They pulled his hide off. They, they stripped him. Paid a price. I mean, how, how important. I, I, want, I don't want nobody here this morning to say, well, they ain't, I'm, I'm not important. I'm a failure. I'm a this. I'm a that. You know how the enemy works. You're, no, you're useless. You know, I, I, hear, I hear people say a lot of times to their, to their husband or to their wife, to their children or grandchildren, you know good for nothing. Man, I, I just want to go. <laughs> you know, I want to squeeze. Sometimes you feel like squeezing the life out of Brother David. Don't get flesh. No, I'm, I'm just serious. People, people have rights. And we don't need to tear people down, especially children. But in this passage of scripture here, let me, let me get to this right here. I want, I want to read this to you in the Passion. Listen, listen to what it says right here. Have you forgotten that your body is now the secure temple of the spirit of holiness? The secure temple of the holiness who lives in you you don't belong to yourself any longer. For the gift of God and the Holy Spirit lives inside your sanctuary, in your body. Now listen to this next verse here. For your God expensive, expensively purchased, paid for with tears of blood. This is in the Passion. So that by, oh, I like this part right here. So that by all means then, use your body to bring glory to God. Amen. Ain't that good? Thank you, Lord. The expense that he went to pour out his blood to bring your body into a place where you are representatives of the kingdom. With Brother Tex, he don't look now at our old sin nature. The past, I heard a preacher that was talking this morning, Brother Jesse Duplantis, I think it was, he was talking about the past this morning. And he said, people want to live, they want to thrive on their past. They don't want to get over their past. He said, when Jesus shed the blood, your past was done away with. Thank God that I don't have to show a screen up here of every one of us in our past. Ooh. <laughs> We would pull the plug where the electricity would go off. Am I right? Because we, we and, and I'm saying this for myself. I'm not, I'm not, I'm saying this. 
I would not want you to see some of the places that I had been and some of the things that I have done. I would be ashamed. But can I tell you this morning, in all the shame that I, I did, there was one called Jesus that stepped up out of the portals of glory and poured out his blood, not looking at me and to condemn me, but looking at me, Brother Jimmy, and says, I will pour everything out to redeem him. Where people look at us, and Brother Zach was bringing this out in his teaching this morning, there's a lot of people that want to judge, look, and say, well, you know, I, let me tell you one thing. There's a lot of people know what I used to be like or, or, or was. But now they look and they say, how did that happen to him? You know, I seen a boy the other day that I hadn't seen, oh my gosh, and probably 25 years if not longer and and I seen him and and I looked at him and and he looked at me have you seen you met somebody you say well I know that guy well I, I think I know him <laughs> you know in your mind you you know and I made the statement I said hey aren't you so and so and he looked at me and he says you ain't who I think you are You ain't who I think you are. See, the thought was the old David. See? But hey, the, probably the last time he seen me, I wasn't, you know, <laughs> I, I wasn't the David that I am now. I might have been, you know, at a table doing some drugs or whatever and alcohol and no telling what else. But he said, you ain't David, are you? I said, this is a new David. He says, I can't believe this. That's what he, he said that like Brother Tex like three times. He said, I can't believe, you a preacher? <laughs> David, I, David a preacher. God, man, I got to get, I, I need to get saved. You know? No, but he, he could not believe because of what I was. But And when I begin to read on this, that, 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 that this right here, you were, you were God's expensive purchase. My wife, we went to the mall the other day, and I know she don't mind. We, we went to the mall to uh, Dillard's, and we was walking down through the, the I call them pocketbooks. They, most of these ladies call them purses. I said, look at them expensive pocketbooks. She said, pocketbooks, they're, they're purses. We was in Dillard, so I was supposed to say, them's purses. <laughs> but there was there was a, a, a elderly lady there with her son, and Sister Teresa stopped and looked at a purse, and uh, this lady said, you ought to buy her that one. I said, you want her to have it, you need to buy it. <laughs> Was that the right answer? <laughs> Pam said, nope, you should have got it. <laughs> but that lady, she didn't even work there, but she was trying to sell me that purse. She said, if you ever buy one of these, you'll never buy nothing else. She said, this purse right here will last a lifetime. I said, not my wife. I said, because she changes purse every time she changes wardrobes. 
I said, I would have to buy every one of these purses in here because my wife's got that many wardrobes in, my, in our house. She said, well, she's a good woman, ain't she? I said, she's an expensive woman. <laughs> Hello? But my, my point of it is right here, this woman, the purchase of that price, the price of that, that purse, and, and I, I think it was like $1,800. And I mean, you know, I don't even know, Pam, I don't even know what kind it was, but I said, whoa, you, I said, honey, put it down. <laughs> Ease it down. Don't drop it or not. You know what I'm saying? And that lady just, she just went on and on and on and she was telling me all this kind of stuff and, and she said, you're not going to get your wife that purse? I said, no, ma'am. Well, it's worth it. It might be to her, but it ain't worth it to me. I could go to the outlet and buy her one for $49. (laughs) When it gets full of junk, it's just a junk bag. (laughs) Hey, y'all don't tell her I'm saying this. (laughs) Pam's got her phone on recording over there louder. She's holding it up. But my my point of what I'm saying right here, this lady was trying to impress me by what man had, what man had made. And me and Sister Teresa walked off and I said, and and I did, I said, what would you do with a purse like that? She said, I wouldn't spend that kind of money on a purse. She said, now three or four hundred dollars, she said, I would let you buy me one. She said, but, and like I say, that thing was, it was way, I mean, it was too much. And I got to thinking when that lady, she was trying to, she didn't even work there. She wasn't even getting commission, but she just wanted me to buy that purse. I told her son, I said, this your mom? He said, yes, sir. I said, you need to get her out of this store. <laughs> I said, because if you don't and she buys that purse, you're going home to eat a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. <laughs> I said, you ain't going to get no Happy Meal. (laughs) And he said, Mama, we need to go. (laughs) But I'm saying the purchase of of something man has made, it will only last a period of time. I don't care. uh, I don't know all these names of different things, but you can buy the finest of the finest. And to give you an example, when we was growing up, we 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 didn't have a lot. But daddy and mama worked and we, we, we had. But we didn't have some of the, the clothes or shoes or something some of the other people had. But my daddy always instilled in us, he says, I'm doing what I can do. And I thought about that over and over, Brother Tex. I, I bought my boys things. I remember one time we went and bought Joseph a pair of pants. It was over $100. And I was like, I told Sister Teresa, I said, do what? There? I said, it must mean $10. She said, no, it's got other zeros behind it. Some of them baggy britches. Joseph was the first one at J school. that Remember them, Joseph? They was big old baggy britches now. And he wore one of them Gilligan's Island hats. He had one of them little hats he wore all the time. And I said, Joseph thought, man, I am cool. <laughs> but in purchasing... He spent his entirety, his blood, to pay a price 
And I want, I want to close with this right here. The price was paid even though you make a mistake. We're not perfect. Brother Jimmy, we're not perfect. But if we make a mistake, the blood still takes care of us. It wasn't just a pick on the finger to get us by. It was his blood. And I believe, and, and, and I don't know, but I, I mean, the Bible don't, he didn't have a blood transfusion, but I believe the power of God had to transfuse strength in his body because there was so much blood that he lost. He was willing, Brother Tex, to, y'all might know, bleed out. He was willing, Brother Tex, like we, we, we shoot a deer, whatever, they bleed out. Y'all know what I'm talking about. An animal, when they butcher them or whatever, the, the, the saying is, we got to leave them hanging so they can bleed out. They hung Jesus on that cross for him to bleed out. I mean, I, this got in my spirit. I said, how important the church is to him. He bled out. He bled. He, he did not stop until the time that his human thinking could not, not control any longer, he began to pray in the Spirit. And then when he spoke, and they said, man, what's going on? All the earth began to shake and the darkness and everything. And what did he say? It's finished. It's finished. I've, I've bled out. I can't go any further. Oh, I feel this all over me. I did it. The completion is done. For Julia Lee. For Ashley Dykes. Skylar Dykes. I could name us all. But he hung there and he says, I did this. I, I completed. And before you was ever even thought of, he bled out for you. A price that he paid. And sometimes we feel, I don't want to sing a special. I don't want to pay my offering. I don't want to do. Wow. He's just asking us to love him with an offering, love him with a praise. Because Pam, he loved us with all that he had. And Jimmy just made a statement there. Before he gave up the ghost, what did he say? Forgive them for they know not what they do. Just forgive them. But I did it all for them. I did it all for them. That's right. Forgive them. Amen. I want to read you one more scripture here. Let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter 7. Verse 17.
Listen to this here. Zach got it here. But as God has distributed to every man, as the Lord hath called every man, so let him walk. And so ordain I in all churches. Is, listen to what it says here. Is any man called being circumcised? Let him not, because circumcision is any called in uncircumcision, let him not be circumcised. I want, go to the next one, Zach. Circumcision is nothing and uncircumcision is nothing but the keeping. Now this is what I want to get to right here. But the keeping of the commandments of God, let every man abide in the same calling wherein he has got, was called. Art thou called being a what? Servant? Care not for it, but if thou mayest be made free, use it rather. I want you to, it ain't what man can do. The circumcision, see, that then, and, and Zach was going to get on to some of this here with Paul this morning. Back then, they wanted them to be circumcised. But now, we don't have to do that. We're grafted in by Jesus. And, 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 I, and the, what I got out of this here is I was, I was reading this morning, the Lord began to deal with me, and uh, Jensen Franklin came on and, and he began to make a statement about races and colors and uh, other countries and different things. We're not to look at other organizations or look at other colors but we need to look at Jesus. We're circumcised with him. The old man, Brother Jimmy, is done away with. The Bible says, old things are passed away, what? Behold, all things are, are what? Are new? Okay, he said right there, it don't matter what your name is, I gave my life for you. I paid... And I can't get away from it. And this is what I want to close with this morning. He did it because why? Love. Love. But it says in that scripture, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, but the latter part, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have what? And Brother Jesse DePlantis used this this morning. And he said, eternity has no span. It's no time on eternity. I talked to a friend of mine this past week. He, uh, he pastors a church. He had six funerals last week. And Jay and Shemukla, he, he preached six funerals just in a little, little area. Some of them was 45 years old. Uh, one of the ladies was 89 years old. But he called me and, and he, was, he was talking to me about some, some of the services and different things of one of the ladies. And I, I grew up with a lady and her children. And he was, he was asking me some questions, you know, due to her service. And we got to talking and he, and, and he said, you know, I just preached one week full last. It was 43 years old. 
He said, this week, he said, I've preached six funerals. Can you imagine six funerals? That's more than church services. Six funerals in, in less than 30 mile radius. And he said, when I preach the youngest to the oldest, there's nothing I can do for that individual. They've done done it for themselves. But I made the statement, I said, but most of all, there was one that made a difference and he gave his life for them. Now whether, whether this morning, whether we accept that that has been done for us, the price that was paid, what price? Man, the blood, that precious blood that was shed. What would we do this morning if we had to give our lives for an individual? Would we say, well, they're 90. They done lived their life. Just go ahead and take them. I, you know, I'm 40, I'm 50, I'm 60, I'm 70 or whatever. Would we lay down our life? It's something to think about. But my point is this morning in closing, he bought us where he is. Can we act like we're his? And I'm going to make a little statement here. When we get with our, our boys, even though they, they're grown, they're young men now, when we get around somebody at a, 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 a gathering or whatever, and one of our boys acts a certain way, me or Sister Teresa said, they act just like their daddy. <laughs> or they act like their mom. Y'all understand what I'm talking about? We need to act like we're God's. We're His. We should conduct ourselves as God's children. We need to worship Him in spirit and truth. When Amy was singing that song this morning, This Is How I Fight My Battle, I thought about just numerous of, of, of passages in the Scripture where men went out to battle and God was with them. This is how I fight my battle. I want to fight my battle like David did. I want to fight my battle like Daniel did. He opened up the windows of his, his chamber. He didn't, he didn't open them up. He swung those, those windows open and he prayed to his God. That was the battle. The three Hebrew children, they didn't wrestle. We ain't going to that burning furnace. We ain't going. We, you ain't getting us in there. They went in that furnace. Why? Because that's the way they fought their battle. God was with them. Our God fought the battle with his son. He bled out for us. Let's act like God's children. Amen. Would you stand with me this morning? I wanted to come to this other passage of scripture and I'm just going to briefly while you're standing just talk about it just for, for a moment. Remember the, when Jesus the devil tempted him. What that was, that brought temptation, but as well, it brought manifestation. The devil said, if you be, and Jesus didn't have no question if he was the Son of God. The manifestation was he resisted the devil with the word. So, are we moved by the temptation? Are we stable and settled by the manifestation? That a preach. I wanted to get to some more of this this morning. Because see, the devil wants to bring the temptation. 
that there's, there's a problem here. You're not, and first thing he said, well, you ain't doing what you were supposed to do for God, so God don't love you. I mean, he, he brings those kind of thoughts. But see, it's not the temptation, it's the manifestation. If God be for me, who can be against me? So devil, it don't matter what you say. I'm kind of like sticks and bones uh, may break my sticks and stones, may break my bones, but names will never hurt me. See, the devil wants to bring you down to his level, his thinking. But, but see, he, he, he asked the question with an answer. If you be the son of God, Jesus was. And you know what? He stood the test and it brought forth the manifestation. Y'all had a preach right there. Temptation, it comes on every one of us. On our sister Tony's here, her uh, daughter-in-law here had an accident last Saturday, right? Tragic accident. Flipped her car over, how many, seven times? Six times. Look at these uh, shots on her phone of this car. She got out with a broken ankle with a little collarbone, a bone broke right here, a few little scratches or whatever. But you look at that car and you say, God got her out of that. Happened right down there, Joseph, by Mr. Penton's house last Saturday. Two o'clock in the morning, what didn't you say? Early, early in the morning. But see, and all that, and all the temptation, well, why did God do this? God didn't do that. That was the devil trying to steal her. She's got children. She's got a husband. See, the devil wanted to steal her, snatch her out of the lifestyle right there of her son and these grandchildren. But God had somebody that comes to church and says, God, I'm praying for my family. There might be situations. I don't know, Lord, what all's going on, but Lord, you do, and I'm standing in the gap. I'm praying for them, especially them daughter-in-laws. I feel that. <laughs> Amen. I feel But... For our family, we got understand the temptation that comes our way. We got to stand on the word where it can bring the manifestation. Father, I love you this morning. I thank you for the word. I thank you for, for paying the price for every one of us here this morning. And not only for us, your word says that whosoever will believe. Father, I thank you this morning. I call families in. I call individuals in this morning to, to the family of God. And I, Lord, I, I, I speak power in the name of Jesus. Lord, we're supposed to be witnesses. And you told the disciples to go in all the world preaching the gospel. And Lord, and the witnesses that we can be, Lord, the, we're your children. Lord, we've been brought with a pri bought with a price. Lord, let us be those that you're proud of. Let us talk to our families. Let us talk to friends. Let us talk to strangers. But let them know that there is a price that has been paid for them. In Jesus' name, amen.